feel under pressure? Do you always walk around with your Beretta? Protecting yours at any cost, magazines ready to take another level. Yeah, let your flag fly in any weather, straight gang banging nigga on whatever. Hey, then tell me where you practice what you preach, cheap. Please point these guns at these oppressors, time to stretch them. Work it out now, work it out, work it out. Hey, work it out, work it out. How long you been producing? Shoot, man, I've been producing. Actually, uh, let me give a shout out to D App. Ohio Sound Lab, formerly Broadway Sound Lab. He grabbed me back when I was, it's well over 10 years, man. We talking like 94, man. You know what I'm saying? And me and him did a lot of work together. He actually was the first person to look at me and put my beats out here in Cleveland in the street. You know what I'm saying? So I've been working with a lot of people for years, just banging in the city. You know what I'm saying? So I had to get a shout out to him. It's been about a good, you know, about a good 10, 12 years. You know so exactly what was the track or the, the beat that you did that puts you where you at right now on your way to the top of the game? Well, I mean, a lot of people know me from uh, More Fire, Lil Wayne, Carter Two album. You know what I'm saying? That's what really got my notoriety. Uh, Wayne started talking and doing DVDs and on the radio and, you know, talking a lot about me in the magazine. So that's kind of what gave me the name. You know? And you are now tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. Brought to you by M3S3 Clothing. Men make moves and suckers stand still. And today we have another legend in the building. Multi-platinum, Grammy-nominated, work with everybody and they mama. Cleveland's own Yanni. How you doing, King? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear I'm you. We just right, can't see man. you, but I, we all right. I'm, I'm blessed. Uh, I can't complain. <laughs> That's what's I'm up, alive, man. And yeah. That's How's crazy. Looking at, uh, my family is cool. Um, my kids, well, my youngest just started school again. And uh, so school is back in session, but he is a senior now. So this will be his last year of high school, which is crazy because this uh, wow. makes me feel like I'm old. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just. It's uh, my my other son. He goes to college and he works. He have a job and and you know it's just it's cool. No complaints with that. Other than me just realizing that uh, I'm getting old and there you know in a few years or so I'll be by myself. <laughs> well, you know what, man? It's a beautiful. You you will for a little bit, but then it comes full circle because I got grandkids. And you had grandkids, man, and oh, that's the gift that keeps on giving, right there, bro. Like it gets no yeah. better than the grandkids. I'm not really ready for the grandkids yet, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I think it'll be cool. I think so, it definitely be cool. So, at what point did your kids realize that dad has a really dope freaking job? Um, I don't. Uh, I don't think I could fully speak for them, but I would say, I do recall, I I would do a lot of events. I mean, I always did a lot of events, even in Cleveland and stuff like that. But coming out here, I feel like I did way more. It looks like I have man boobs right now. This is hilarious. (laughs) It's so weird. I think it's the angle. Something is happening. That's crazy. Um, (laughs) But I... um, yeah, I remember doing one of my events out here, 
and I think uh, some of the people who was helping organize it was trying to tell people to stay in a certain place. And they was telling my kids um, to, you know, whatever mm-hmm. they were conducting. And my oldest at the time, because one of my dudes came and told me, he was like, man, your kids is Hollywood. <laughs> and I, I was like, what was going on? It's like, well, yeah, we didn't know it was them at first. It's like, yeah, you got to move. It's like, do you know who my dad is? That's what he basically said to him. Like, okay. I don't have to do nothing because do you know who my dad is? You know, and that's all he really said. But he was just kind of like, we do what we want to do, you know. So at that point, I knew that, um, you know, at least they put me at something, some kind of uh, credibility um, in, in their head, you know. Uh, I think over the years, too, some of their friends may have been playing songs that, you know, that mm-hmm. I've done or stuff, stuff like that. And they would just kind of, but in the way they would present that, they would just say, yeah, such and such, they was playing that song all day and rolling their eyes, you know, like kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, that, that event, that party that time would have to, you know, at least for them to say that. Yeah, they definitely had to feel. <laughs> That's what's up, though, man. You know, it's a beautiful so, thing. It's kind of what you yeah. want, you know, in life. So let's take it back to the essence. Let's go back to Cleveland. Which side of Cleveland? East side, West side? You grew up on? Um, I would have to say, well, St. Clair, between St. Clair and then Cliffview. Okay. I, um, I spent, and then obviously my grandmother's. Uh, that was Superior, but. I only really hung out with a couple of friends on the street and stuff like that. But where I kind of really got into trouble and things would have been more uh, St. Clair. I was born and raised St. Clair, 115th. And then um, as when I was younger, I would always have my cousins. It's I mean, it's a family of 13, but there's a lot of boys in there. Those dudes were like, or they are still like brother figures, you know. I never, right. I had a, a sister, but um, my older cousin and then the cousin that was like my age and under, we always just very tight. So as I would, um, I would go over there through the summer or uh, church because we all went to the same church. I basically grew up as well over on Cliffview by you know just being there all the years that they were there. And then as everybody grew up, it's like I knew everybody. So when I came, uh, we got older, I started to be over there more, you know. And, um, I got you. And then I, even with the music, like, that was a, um, that was a very big thing for me because the Cliff View, you would go to the park and, uh, I just remember taking my little boom box I had and I, and people would talk about this. Like I would go to the hood and not just that hood, but I would go to the hood and I would be playing my beats at the park, you know, everybody playing basketball and, wow. you know, maybe shooting craps or everything else. Yanni was worried about music, you know, and I'd be playing beats and trying to find people to just listen to my beats, you know? And, um, and certain people like Skeet and Bird, they're like Cleveland legends, you know. Um, freaking, so that's Fear No Mob. You have um, P. 
paycheck and Pratt, brother for the struggle. Like all these dudes Fire. is people that I knew of, right? Classic. As just being young, obviously bone. And I just, you know, I ended up crossing paths with a couple of them because, you know, um, 10th Ward was basically where where they had the whole, like, Cliffview Mafia and Lake, all the way from freaking Lakeshore, St. Clair, everybody kind of linked up. And That's where I live at right now. I'm like, I'm crazy. literally a block <laughs> off of Lakeshore. Crazy. So, yeah, yeah. so... Once, you know, um, I started, I kind of got cool with Bird. Bird introduced me to Skeet, and Skeet stayed on St. Clair, even though uh, Bird was on Cliffview. And then from there, you know, it's like, oh, paycheck. And I just I just kept meeting everybody, and then Joe Little. And next thing I know, I was, uh, I was at Travel at some point, you know. Um, I, I used to say, you haven't really done enough in the game until you, if you haven't been to travel before, <laughs> you know, back <laughs> in the day, you, you, you know, you wasn't doing it. You know, you had to definitely, that was like a, a part of kind of a, a, a linear note of where you was going, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to go to, cause Levert, Levert studios, especially in that time for the city, uh, the whole Levert, movement was huge i mean they had some of everybody coming through there you know i've seen a lot of stuff through there you know had keith sweat they had whitney they had i mean so many people come through come to Yo, cleveland to work with them mm-hmm. like when i and first I got was, here i'm sorry go ahead i was blessed enough to go to um to um the uh hall of fame when the ojs got inducted um, that was huge. They had a lot of people. One twelve, Keith Sweat, Tyrese. I mean, it was a lot of people. Avon, of course, was there. Uh, Kiki Wyatt. They did. They actually performed. Uh, uh, I think my my first love that record. Um, but there was a lot of people there. It was a lot of people, and that was you know history for uh, for Cleveland too. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So yeah, I was around that because I was an artist at that time too. I was actually. I need an artist, and I just so happened to be producing my own stuff. Um, but also, like I said, I wanted to work with other people, um, you know, having other people on my beats, too. But, yeah, when I went around that time, I was being like uh, A.B. was, like, helping, trying to manage me, you know. Mm. So I've seen a lot of stuff, man. It's definitely um Man, definitely cool. I've been here about twenty five years, and when I first got here, I, I I was a rapper, and the first person I met like on my own without like my family was Dave Dave Je- Jeffries. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> that was still yeah. my guy to this day, and the first person he told me about was you. Crazy. And how y'all, he, he I, I don't know if y'all used to make beats together or he just knew of you, but you were the first person that he talked about musically and it always stuck with me. And throughout my whole time here, mm-hmm. y'all need this, y'all need that, y'all need this, y'all need that. Was that the goal to be a legend just here or was it the goal to be legendary worldwide? You know, one thing I, I tell people too, um, and you see this happen 
you see this happen even today's time, but I would say at the time, well, I had big aspirations and stuff in, in general. I mm-hmm. think even in school when I did the same things, I was like, had my grandmother's boom box then. I would be coming down the hall and people would be playing, you know, uh, rapping and stuff to, to the beats that I would make. Or uh, And then I got the attention of one of the teachers who held homeroom. So mm-hmm. they would like kind of do that. So they was like, let me get some, you know, I'm going to play some of your beats, you know, for the homeroom intro and outro. So I got popular with that, you know. But I just knew I loved it. I think until I really went around that time where I went to this first studio mm-hmm. and I recorded. It's a guy I met. He was a mailman. And I didn't know he had a studio. This is when I worked at McDonald's right there by Cliffview. And um, on Euclid, I met him and I played around a little bit with him. I, you know, he cussed me out. It was like, don't book no more session with me unless you're really serious. So I really went and tried it. I loved it from that stand, from that point on. I knew that's what I really wanted to do. However, I didn't, you know, I always knew I just wanted to be something. Mm-hmm. I think once I started to get, and this is where the point is. Once I started to get some things happening, of course, at a point I started feeling like, yeah, I'm this and I'm that, you know, I'm this and the city, I'm that and, you know, whatever. And um, what happened was once I started to get a shot where I left the city and I, I remember going to Atlanta, really, yeah, it was Atlanta for the first time. And I was around, um, I was out there working with, uh, I went to work with Trey, Trey Songs at the time, but then I got cool with Tricky and Dream. So I went there and, um, and mind you, at this time still, I have my biggest record out at this time. So I might have just jumped it a little bit too much, but yeah, coming from the point where I'm at, I'm feeling like I'm this, I'm that. I am was the hottest producer in the city. I did all these things. I produced over 200 albums independently. I had so many records on everybody. It's like, what else could I do in the city? Then get, you know, produce for Lil Wayne, all that stuff that happened. Then finally get my big record, which was Say I, which was top 10 in the world going crazy. You know what I'm saying? I had so much going for that record. Um, I started meeting people. Mm -hmm. I started other things start opening up. So I'm in Atlanta. I go to see Tricky. He telling me, you know, all the stuff. You this, you that, you next, whatever. Mm -hmm. I got to meet like, uh, I even met Sierra like really quick passing through that particular day. She was working with a guy who is now my mentor, okay, uh, JQ Smith. But I remember two things, seeing Tricky's plaques in the hallway, <laughs> and one of his plaques killed all of my little plaques. I thought... I think somebody must be calling oh, you. Did you. Can you hear me? Yeah, it hit that was my that was my alarm thing I think going oh, on. Oh, okay. But um, yeah. So 
I remember him being in the hallway and I saw Tricky's plaques and one of his plaques was like 30 or 40 million or something. It had Rihanna, Beyonce, all these things. And I just remember being like, man, I ain't doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? I, I came out traveling so, you know, not arrogant, but feeling, you know, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And you, you feeling see, good about yourself. You, yeah, you see somebody with a plaque, one one of their plaques, not to mention it was way more, but it was just one of them, you know. It's like, oh, man, I ain't doing nothing, you know. And then I, at that moment, I started being like, wow, I think in Cleveland or wherever these inner cities are, people easily can become jaded with that and think, you know, wherever you at, you know, yeah. you're like, I'm this, I'm that. But it's like, man, it's, it's such a high level of where people are doing it at and globally at that. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, I even was a little irritated with JQ and we just recently cracked jokes about this because I just did a, uh, hosted a panel with him and, um, and I was talking to his brother. His brother was another person that same night that, um, Greg was managing and stuff. And, you know, we were really cool now, but they both kind of like, I felt like they dissed me. Um, (laughs) why you say that? Well, so I'm working with. We're working with this artist named Tamil. Tamil's still actually out in the industry doing her thing. That tricky sign. It's me, a girl named Nia, who was a crazy writer, who I, I basically had a, a writing team. The mm-hmm. other girl, you may know her as Jay Nova. Jay Nova has made a name for herself as Jay Nova today. But to me, and to a lot of us that know her, know her, we always call her Lindsay Fields. Well, actually, Lens. So me and Lens, around the time that I was on the, uh, you know, come up, so was she. I was taking her with me, you know. Okay. I um, We did a lot of work together. So um, a lot of placements and everything. And we both from Cleveland. So it was neat. So anyway, their, their, two, their, uh, their team was called the Pinup Dogs. And so we was working with Tamil. JQ comes in. Now I know I, we know who JQ is because he's from the Clutch. Clutch has written many hit records for Sierra, uh, Beyonce, uh, Madonna, Britney. Every, I mean everybody, right? Marion. They did Marion Icebox. So many things. Jesus Christ. Um. So we know who he is. But again, at this time, I'm feeling like, yeah, I'm. You know, I'm in my own name for myself. And he came in and he was just like, I mean, this record, what y'all did was cool, but y'all got to change it up. And she, and I'm thinking like, who is this nigga think he is? This is like, like we crack jokes about this all the time. I'm upset because I feel like I'm woo, 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 you know. And it's funny because years back, we had a moment like that too. It was an artist that I was working with and he really rocked with the artist. He actually... Um, had kind of maneuvered and took the music into the label and all that too. So we haven't, a, it, it wasn't like a, a bad, he wasn't dissing us or nothing like that. In mm. fact, he was the one that was like, he had, again, had kind of sparked the labels and all these different things, you know, to even kind of have this conversation. We we only had two, three, we had two and a half songs and we end up at Universal. You see what I'm saying? And then at, at at twelve midnight, Atlantic is coming to see us. Wow! We like what the hell? So anyway, 
because I know he probably felt vested too, right? At this point, like, well, you know, or just because we would ask him for his advice. So basically what he was saying is, man, I know y'all got these other songs, but this the one. And I took it as a offense, like, so you trying to say we ain't got no other hit records and none of that. So I was, I was going <laughs> off and he was just laughing at me. I was so mad at him. And he was just laughing like, man, you was, you know, you need to calm down. And I was just, you know, so that's just, a, you know, what it was. But I just remember those things happening where it also humbled me at that time to be like, yo, there's people really doing this on a high level. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. may have a record or two out, but you always got to stay humble, you know? And I see a lot of people like that now today. They may get one thing and then and I think it's a little bit worse now, you know what I'm saying? Because some people don't have any regard for, like, uh, legendary people who came before them or, you know, just kind of latching on to a mentor or how many ever you have and really learning from them. You know, you don't just, need the you don't need the the machine as much as you did, let's say twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can sit in your basement and make a hit and make another hit if you' good right. enough, without any any interfer- interference per se or assistance. So yeah. I think that gives people a a, a, a false sense of security because you for you to maintain it and have twenty thirty years in the game. You definitely got to build relationships, and I don't care what year it is. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, what was the low point for you? Low point. Um, hmm. What would be a low point? Uh, I think just when I think of something like that, or I like to say, um regrets or things that I learned from. I think mm-hmm. my biggest thing that I would have liked to have done differently um, would be money and saving money and doing right by your money better. Because okay. a lot of times um, when we get that break, you know, of course, what do we do? And it sucks as even black people, we do this because I think it's part of that you want to be happy. You want to have things. You do aspire to have things. Like I bought my dream car. At the time I was married, I bought my, my wife the car that she wanted. Mm-hmm. Now, um, that was great. I came in there like Birdman. A lot bought mine, bought hers. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I had some brown bags and everything. The only thing I didn't do was a brrr. I didn't do that when I dropped it. But I'm just saying... <laughs> You know, spending 60, almost 70K in a day, that's, you know, it it feels great. It's like even it was the weekend, and I remember they was telling us, yo, you know, we'll we'll hang around for you because they they close early on the the weekends, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, we was like, no, we we want it now. Like, we didn't want to wait. But my point even to the timing of waiting is just saying, and this, I, I realized this, it didn't take me years to realize that, but I was like, wow, if we would have even waited just that next week, set up these, set up accounts just for the money to be withdrawn out of, yeah. made our payments out of that, financed it, it would have did a world of, of It would have paid for itself. 
far, but but it would also build our credit up. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You think we we think oh you you big shot you doing this stuff and you don't realize that that actually hurted us. You see what I'm saying? So it's yeah. things like that or just ah oh, man, money ain't gonna never slow up. It's this this that. So I buy any and everything I want when I want it because when it does slow up because royalties do slow up, then now you like uh you know what I'm saying? And so I would have to say that's my biggest thing that I promised myself that I would do better, you know? And I always tell people that is the number one thing, you mm-hmm. know, um, when I see new people getting deals, my friends and stuff like that, I just encourage them to do right by their money because that's something I learned from. Yeah, when you like get a call or something, it goes out. Way. Huh? Like like when you get a telephone call, the audio goes out. Yeah. Or or or, or like your alarm goes on, off. Hold on, let's see. Let's see if I can put it on a uh, thing here. Hold on. I don't know why it's doing that. Oh, it's normal. It, it like. Oh, okay. Yeah, it does that for everybody. You know, so I, uh, I don't know that that's like a, a flaw they really need to fix, especially given right. you know, technology of today. Yeah. But hey, who, who am I? I'm just the old guy that uses it. Right. Um, so you, <laughs> okay. you've done what, like 50 plus songs with Wayne? Uh, not that, not that have been released, but but that he's just actually right. done. Were any yeah, of them in I the mean, studio? Definitely, definitely, definitely. Was I ever in the studio with him? Nope. Not one time. Um, A lot of those did get released as leaks um, Mm. and mixtapes. But it's still a lot of them that we did. I mean, when I first uh, met him, I think when they would call me, they they would say, like, I would send him, like, at that time, you know, that was one of my, that was my beginning time, so I had a lot of beats on deck and, you know, just stacked <laughs> up and ready. Right. And um, I probably had about three, some three, four hundred beats. And I was sending him, you know, like 10, 12 at a time, and then they would be hitting me. They'd be like, yo, okay, Wayne needs more beats. And I'd be like, I just gave him uh, 10, 12 last night. And like, oh, yeah, he did five of those, but he want more. I'm like, damn. It got to the point where I didn't have – I didn't have just new, you know, enough new ones. In mm-hmm. fact, that's how Mo Fire happened because during the Carter Two, he was doing so many joints, and um, what happened was the last two records that he had recent that he had done at that time is what he ended up keeping. Mm-hmm. So Mo Fire though was a beat that I had made in freaking. I made Mo Fire because, okay, Lil Wayne album came out in 2005, but I made this beat uh, in, like, 99. Oh, shit. So I had an old beat that, yeah, that I made, and I basically, again, I'm I'm now, I'm, like, scavenging hunting for my beats to, you know, give them (laughs) a nice amount of, you know, I'm like, oh, shoot, let me go through archives, you know? So I was like, oh, yeah, dang. Because he, he was in a phase where he loved, like, samples and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. So I basically um, 
I, I heard that beat again, and I sent it over. I didn't I didn't know for sure if he was going to do that. Um, but, yeah, matter of fact, once I found out that um, that he was using that, because they kept saying Mo Fire, but I, I never heard the song. It was like, yeah, you got uh, that Mo Fire is, is, is going on the album for sure. I'm like, you know what Mo Fire is? I never mm-hmm. heard it. So one time, I guess when Wayne was, he called me personally when he was in the studio. And uh, that's when I realized what beat it was. And he was, because at that time, which is one of my disappointing moments uh, after that, but I, I remember that moment. The moment itself was dope because, you know, I realized it was him. Mm-hmm. And then he said, yo, he was like, um, he was like, Mo Fire is my single. Because at that time, it's supposed to have been a single. He wanted it to be his first single. But Birdman forced him and wanted him to do Fireman. If y'all know, Fireman is the record they came out with first. Okay. Um, Wayne believed in that song so much that he had an opportunity to do Yahoo Music. They did these uh, where it was like a cartoon video. And they mm-hmm. did it with three artists. I think it was Limp Biscuit, him, and another artist. They picked like a rapper, a rock band, and a, a female pop rock artist or something. Okay. So he was like, oh, perfect, because he still believed in that record. So he's like, I'm doing it to Mo Fire because he couldn't get the first single. So anyway, he's like, yeah, man, he said, uh, Mo Fire is my, is, is my single, Pimp Juice. And I'm like, what is, I don't know what that is. And he started going, oh, oh, oh. Ooh. So he's yeah. singing it. So at that, I was like, "Oh, that beat!" So that's when I knew what beat it was, you know. And he was rapping a little bit of it, but when he did that part, I was like, "Oh, okay." So I was all excited, like, "Wow, I got the single!" And then, um, you know, they didn't use it as a single, but I do recall that. And the 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 reason I'm pointing that out is just to say that was an old beat. That was a mm-hmm. beat that, um, and then oh no was another one that made the album and that was a joint that um matlock had produced and started and me and matlock was doing so much together at that time i mean me and him would go to uh the library every other day and we had little 45 players like literally the library. at that time mm-hmm, yeah we'd go to the library and get the and get some records you know wow. we would go and sample them into the mpc that was like a new fun thing to do at the time especially like i said because wayne was in that place right and he loved that and obviously you had dip set out you had these different people who was doing that right um and so we would just go and just and just save a whole bunch of stuff on the floppy but he had made oh no he started that beat and then um i was like yo this is perfect for him and then i remember you know i just i don't remember how i might have did like a sound or something but mm-hmm. i know i kind of organized it and then i sent it over and then yeah those are the two that made it and they were at the like the towards the end of the album um like i said a lot of the other records ended up coming out later mm-hmm. uh over time and then we had the Madden joint. The Madden joint was one of my another one of my favorites. And then later we had done um, Burn This City, and he put Twist on there. Um, 
and it got leaked too soon. So it ended up going on this because he was putting out those mixtapes, but it was supposed to have been on Carter Three. But I remember sending it to before I sent it to them. I told them that 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 he was going. It's one of them, you know. I feel like producers had those moments, like like where you saw um, uh, fade to black and stuff, where they like, oh no, I know he gonna when I yeah. press play. You know what I'm it's saying? That, this that yeah, one. It was that. It was that moment. It was definitely that. I called them. I said, look, when when you hear this, you going in the booth. You know what I'm saying? I knew it off top. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I told him, I, yeah, because I, I think when I first came in with Wayne, um, I was doing selling beats for like $1,500 to $2,000, right? And Which is at a that good time, look. well, yeah, at that time it was, you know, because even some people was like, hey, you could have got more for that, you know? But it is true the way that you start something is kind of how it is. Mm-hmm. You do, you know, have chances to evolve. Obviously, you have to be different things that happen and and you know level up action or whatever. But I do I do remember that that was my first check I got from him. <laughs> I didn't even have a bank account. I cashed my joint at ABC <laughs> Check Cash out there across from Guitar Center on uh, on Mayfield. Man, I'm I took a I actually got my mic from that that Guitar Center. <laughs> right across the street they had it and i and i took you know i took it there because i didn't have a bank account i didn't even have you know That's i was crazy. like very much on the struggle but i i wish i could find that picture but i took a picture holding it and smiling so big you know mm. um because that's the most i ever made off of, off of a beat at that time i mean selling beats in cleveland was like couple hundred bucks you know yeah um and that was on the high end so i remember with that particular track i told them when you know before i sent this i said i'm gonna need at least 7500 for this (laughs) i told them i was like this is that you know what i'm saying like and you know obviously i was doing other stuff but i was saying quality of the record already I said yeah y'all gonna have to you know it's cool but y'all gonna have to pay me for this one. you I'm know not mad. You should. yeah and, and but, you had kind of built up that equity with them like like they know you the yeah. shit already so yeah. yeah absolutely I agree with you on that one shit I probably would have been like 10 <laughs> yeah and you know it's it's so different now man it's like um even the budgets and stuff as, as the years have went on, uh, these budgets have shrunk down a lot. And in fact, um, unless it's an A artist, it's really, you know, sometimes they, the labels are coming to you with 5k, you know, 7,500, you know, really pretty, pretty much. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's very low. Yeah. It's very low from what it, from what it used to be. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> but but do you get more money on the back end because of the streaming? Ah, uh, I mean, I guess it's all relative to how good the song does. Okay, but I got to you. me, the streaming ain't really. You know, that's what everybody's been fighting for, and these boards and all this stuff for the last few years. Yeah. Um, 
is to get the, these royalty rates up because I remember um, I produced, um, it was uh, Lolly, which is uh, Major Ali, Justin Bieber, and Juicy J. And I seen one of my BMI statements, and I think it was like for streaming it, it was probably like, I mean, that record to this day has probably got like almost a billion streams, something like that, half a billion streams. But I think at that time it was it was it was up there, like ten million or so. Jeez. And I think I think I had like a hundred bucks or something, you know, for yeah. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't like that, you know what I'm saying? So I mean radio has always been very lucrative. Man, I've gotten you more than really that off of YouTube. Yeah. And I'm not even close to a million. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so, uh, that don't sound right, bro. Yep. That yeah. was my perc- my percentage of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got you what you said. So mm-hmm. as far as I think I studio, have 20% of that particular record, but yeah. That yeah was, you should have gotten more than that, yeah. $100. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. As far as yeah. in-studio recording. Who did you enjoy working with the most? Uh, my best experience with an artist in the studio probably still got to be missing just because um, just the level of how she pushed me. Um, mm. Usually when I would go there and I would come back, I would come back almost like a different person. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it's like you're the second person I've heard say that about her too. It's nonstop. It's it's nonstop. You know that joint is it's crazy. You know, uh, yeah, I was definitely overwhelmed because, and the crazy part is, I was barely getting sleep. I would work with her almost like twelve, fourteen, sixteen hours. Might have got there early in the afternoon, and I'll be leaving at like maybe I don't know two or three. And then another time I just stayed at her crib, but do it all over again. So once we were done, I still would go back. It's like homework. Mm-hmm. If I was at the hotel, I'll just be up still going through more sounds, literally dozing off. So I just pass out. I was trying to figure out the next stuff, wake up, get breakfast. And I'm right there doing it again. I try to come there with at least 10, you know, new ones mm-hmm. that she want to hear everything. And then she'll pick whatever. She'll be like, okay. Uh, okay, these I want. Okay, put these to the side. Okay, what else you got? She just kept saying, what else you got? I'm like, what else I got, nigga? <laughs> now, the session ain't started yet. That session ain't started. Now, after we got through those, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, cool. She about to get on the mic. She about to work on these for the day. Uh, she like, okay, cool. I'll mess with them later. Okay, now she want me. Now it's from scratch time. Oh. So I spent hours doing that. And then after a little bit, she'll switch it. We'll switch the vibe into something else. Okay, what else next? You see what I'm saying? So I did a whole week or so of that every day. Uh-huh. Now the other thing is, I was also calling on other producers, too, to send me stuff and ideas and everything. I had all that stuff going, too. So I'm playing my stuff. I'm playing other people's stuff. 
I got stuff that people started that I've been working on. I was like literally a machine. By the by the time of the last day, really the last two days, but definitely the last day, I told her, I said, I ain't got nothing else right now, you know. I just don't. I don't, you know. I'm like, I don't have nothing else for you. And she was cracking jokes because she was like, I'm, she said, I'm trying to literally squeeze every juice or whatever she can get out of me before I left. You know, because hmm. she knew in her mind she was about to really go to work. Now, here's the thing. Um, Missy doesn't record in front of anybody. Matter of fact, a fun fact, Timbaland has never, ever seen her record. Nobody. I completely understand that. Except for one engineer that she always used. Primarily at the house, too. She have it set up to where her mic is right there in the front. She have a booth for which she records artists, but Missy records herself. And she used to, I remember she told us, mm. she would always tell us the story about when she did the Gina Thompson record. And uh, Diddy was like, hey, uh, you know, when she did her verse, that was the first time the world seen Missy. On that mm-hmm. record. And she was in the car, Rodney Jerkins and stuff, that video. Mm-hmm. Um, now, she basically told Diddy that, that he had to leave. Now, at that time, Diddy is, you know, Missy's not Missy, you know. But he's like, who is this that, telling me I got to leave? But he left out, you know. She said, everybody got to leave, mm-hmm. you know. So one time I actually caught her. This was probably like the second day. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she she had been working on one of the tracks that I did, so her assistant let me in the house. And I'm coming up. She didn't know I was coming up. I came in the door, and I could hear. It. I should have just stayed outside the door because <laughs> I was all smiling because I could hear it. As soon as I opened the door, she looked and saw me. She cut everything off. You know how you was doing something wrong. Your parents come in. She stopped you. She's like, yeah, yep, close it down, everything. I said, man, I see, I want to hear it. She said, nah, 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 it's not ready, you know. I but feel yeah, that, she though. don't play about that. Uh, uh-uh. uh, she don't, she do not play, you know. Um, but yeah, like, she definitely, and even just the comfortability to work with her was like, um, one particular time, she just, you know, her mind is like she was on the mic. She was just in her element, and it was it was a decision where I could have went two different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, she's on the mic like, "Oh, what's up, everybody?" Literally, no, you know what they say that mean like nobody. They say me, right? Nobody there. She's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is crazy. We got Yanni here today." You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm like, "Nigga, it's me and you." You know, <laughs> she got bam, 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 bam. she hitting it. It's like. I'm like, what is happening, you know? And so I was like, wow, this is definitely different and uncomfortable. But I said, okay. But I have two things to to either basically sit here and be shut down. Mm -hmm. Or I could try to see what happens if I basically dive into this. If I engage with her on this, right? Mm -hmm. So I did. You know, she would, as I was doing things, I play a sound. She was like, oh, we going to... We going to Cuba because it'll be like a percussion sound, and then I start messing with it. She get she was that's the most I ever can say I saw her 
Mm-hmm. Like she recorded all of that. We probably did that for like 30 minutes. Man. She was just rapping, freestyling to stuff. And then I'll switch it. Then I'll do something else. But it, it felt cool to, and it's, it's, um, I know some people like that, even on relationships, mm-hmm. um, that you have to, they want to be free. You have a choice where you could be like, oh, this made me feel, and then they'll probably shut down and be like, oh man, you know, I just want you to kind of have fun with me, right? Because it is people that's just free spirit like that, just in, as, as a person. Yeah. So it was one of those moments of growth too, where I was just like, oh, okay, you know, you, you can grow from this. And that, that's a story now that I can tell, you know, forever. Now, had I been like, uh, then she probably stopped it and but like, we'll just play yeah. some You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would that would have changed the whole listen. tenor, the whole tempo. Not even the story to tell, but even my own experience to have Man. experienced that. Yeah. That's something that I can remember for the rest of my life, you know. And we, and we did that for a while. That was probably one of the, the best things about it. But again, um, that whole those whole experiences when I came back, yeah, I was on people's ass. <laughs> you know, like my my ear was just in a different space, you know. They were like I'd be like, No, I wanna do we gotta do this, we gotta make some real music stuff. They like, okay, you know, like and that and that's like Timberland would tell me, you know, Timberland would be like, Look, man, Around he was I see over here in your your space, you like the the sharpest iron, and that's great. I think that's great. You you're you're a young master. You always call me a young him, mm-hmm. like like my son. You know, he love to say that. But he was saying that I want to sharpen your iron more because he was basically saying that you you shouldn't be the sharpest iron in the room, so you can continue to grow. If you always the sharpest iron or you can't really learn no more, you're not you really get dull sensitive. at some point. Yeah. So he was like, for him, that was what he saw that he wanted to do with me. Like, I would literally be making beats and he might have called and he'd be like, what's that? Ooh, hold on, hold on, hold on. What if you try to snare like this and this net? And I'd be like, how you even hear that? You know what I'm saying? But it was different. And I was like, yo, this dude is weird, you know, for real. Like, you know, um, but I appreciated that, too, because it gave me a different way to look at stuff, you know, and different patterns and stuff like that. Let so me ask it definitely... you Do you ever just sit up and, and, and just go, let's, let's say, through YouTube or SoundCloud and just listen for the next wave of producers? No. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> Not like that, but I don't even be on SoundCloud stuff like that or in general like that. But I do like coming across certain things. Like, I will say just naturally it happens like that with artists. Uh-huh. Um, I may see it. I'm like, oh, this, this artist's dope, you know. Um, I think it's also cool because I do mixes and stuff for artists. And a lot of times I get independent artist stuff. And the crazy part is I don't hear what the stuff sound like all the time before I open it. Mm-hmm. So it could be a surprise. Now, when I get some stuff that's really dope, I'll be like, yo, who did this? You know what I'm saying? That's a good uh, feeling. But I'm very usually, um, 
because I'm I'm such a people person and once I get cool with people I really like go out my way. That's just my natural being. So okay. normally I don't really go out my way naturally. You know, okay. so when people uh they be like this and that, I'll be kinda like, you know, even artists, <clears throat> you know, overall I'll be like, uh uh-uh. uh. I think one of um one of the producers is actually in here now, uh, KT, that was chatting yeah, in the him. chat box. Now, <clears throat> crazy thing about him is he was recommended from another one of my legendary mentors that I look up to. I forgot. I'm trying to remember how did I get. Oh, yes. Um, one of Manny Haley, not Manny, uh, Manny Edwards. Manny Haley is Keisha Cole and all of that. He's doing movies now. But Manny Edwards. He's just dropping all these names. I have no clue, bro. I'm <laughs> just Manny, a regular old Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Jay-Z, when he be saying all these names, you're like, who, who? But um, no, like Manny Edwards, at the time, Manny worked at, uh, well, he had worked at like Universal for a while. And we were cool then, but then he ended up working for my publishing company mm-hmm. that I was signed to. And so we basically full circle moment. Now, one day he hit me and he said, yo, he was really cool with MC Light. It's like, oh, yo, MC, MC Light. Light trying to work or whatever. And, you know, he's like, um, he's like, she asked me about new producers. And I told her you because he was uh, representing, you know, all the people that were signed to the company at the mm-hmm. time. So I was like, shoot, of course, you know. So anyway, got to work with MC Light. We did a couple joints. Um, And then uh, from there, me and Light just built a very cool relationship. I I call her auntie, as I call Missy auntie. They both actually hate it. (laughs) Because I know they probably feel old as hell when I say it. But MC Light really hated. She be like, I think one time I recently put that on the comments in one of her posts. She said, nigga, did I tell you? <laughs> people were cracking up. She's like, I'm not your auntie. I'm your big sister. She hated though. But anyway, um, but that's how I felt like that mentorship wise, I felt like they are over me with that. So to mm-hmm. me, they're like, my aunties, my okay. aunties. I got thing, you. you know? And so, uh, but anyway, after being having such a good, you know, rapport with her, she was telling me. She said, "I have this producer, and he's a he's a young cat, and he's super dope." And you know, I, like she basically that was her. Um, she mentored him, and you know, been he had been around her since he was younger, and he's done a lot of things with her and for her from production, BTS, helping with movies, film, the studio, running the studio, engineering, producing. I mean, the whole nine. Now, at this mm-hmm. time, I still was very closed off because I'd be just protecting myself because, again, I know how I am when I get cool and I open yeah. up. Yeah. So she was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know? And then she would follow up. And she's like, man, look, just meet him, you know? And, of course, I was going to do it because it came through her. Right. And that's somebody I value. Um, He came through a few times, and then me and him just hit it off, you know. 
And then once I heard his beats, I was like, oh, wow, this dude. And then he's just a, a great dude. You know, he's a great guy. And I see why they rocked, you know, and how she took him in. Like, you know, um, just over the years, he's he's helped me in so many aspects the same way. Okay. You know, even if I need him to engineer or I remember my birthday party. He was one of the people to step in and help me. He even ran one of the uh, the little tables for me. You know, I did like a casino thing for, you know, so it was just, and she was like, I told you it's going to like her, you know. <laughs> but I say that to say that, um, you know, sometimes things take time. Even yeah. a couple of dudes out here too, my Ray Keys, and, and it took it took a while for that. Like Ray Keys would just come around and then, you know, one day you just, your, your spirit just like, let me try them out. And then we just click, you know, and then it's like, cool from there. But, uh, and, and again, that's with artists too. I just, I gotta, I gotta feel it, feel it out first. And believe it or not, Missy is the same way. I remember I, you know, it took a while before I could come to the house and I was in Atlanta one of the times and shout out to Phobia. She's, one of the um, producers, she's a female producer mm-hmm. that has been in the game for a long time. Actually, it was crazy, a historic moment with Phobia. Mm-hmm. She was one of the people in the car where the accident happened with with uh, Left Eye. Her and Left Eye was very close friends. Like, that's oh, how wow. connected she is in the, in the industry. Wow. Um, but Phobia is a very funny like i remember jay again jay nova had been working with missy from back in the day too and that was a full circle moment because she was like yo she was also out there talking about me yo my producer is yanni she's like well i heard that name i get beats from him da 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 right mm-hmm. so she was also telling me you and phobia gotta hook up so when i went to atlanta that i met with phobia and literally we're having lunch mm-hmm. phobia is like Hold on a second. Now, mind you, I ain't, I hadn't talked to Missy other than through emailing, through people and stuff like that. And I never had talked to her on the phone. So I met her one time with Trina. That's just a backwards moment. Very first time ever. Trina's birthday party in 2005. You're talking about so D-Trina, back, right? Yeah, D-Trina. Just, just, so, just clarifying so my people are yeah, known. Yeah, Trina, Trina is the baddest. So, basically, you know, I hadn't really hooked up with Missy at all, just through sending things with to people. And, in fact, when I met her before with Trina, she gave me the wrong number. I was so heartbroken I was hurt. But <laughs> it just shows that that things, you just got to keep going through all of that. So, anyway, Phobia picks up the phone. She's called. I don't know who she's talking to. She like, yeah, I got Yanni here. I got Yanni here with me. He, he in town, whatever. He's working with Trey Songs, but he here for another couple of days. And whoop, whoop. She get off the phone. This dude says, yeah, so, so, um, so she said, Miss said, um, bring you by tomorrow. I said, Miss who? She said, Missy. She said, bring you by the crib tomorrow. I said, okay. Man, it got to that day. I remember getting out the truck. I was still on the passenger side. I was like shaking and stuff. You know what I'm saying? I was shaking. She like, Yanni, where you at? Come on up. Like, come on. You know, I literally with my legs and, you know, cause I was so nervous. 
Um, and one thing I noticed about Missy at that time, too, and I'll get off to Missy stories, was when I first met her, I was obviously nervous. When the doors opened, I felt like it was like uh, MTV uh, Cribs, where she just opened up. I was like, yo, just so, it, she felt so welcoming. Mm-hmm. I felt like a lot of my uh, uh, nervousness left. But what I thought was dope, she's like a damn elephant because, you know, when you send this stuff to somebody or a message getting relayed, sometimes you think the message ain't getting relayed right, or especially if it's products or something. So exactly. my beats, so-called, I'm sending through people. I'm like, I'm going to play these beats that people said she liked or whatever, or whatever they played for her. I'm going to play it anyway, cause she, just in case she might. She knew every single beat that she did here. So I heard mm. this. She pulled it up, literally in front of me. Yeah, mm. I got this beat. Look, it's right here. I did something to that beat. I was like, she knew, and that had been years, but her memory on That's music. That's crazy. Like, you can't get nothing past her. You know what I'm saying? So I always remembered that. I was like, yo, she like a damn elephant for real. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, so that that was when I actually got to, like, be able to meet her and it, it took a lot to get to that point you know yo um and i know i ain't gonna take up too much of your time uh but chris brown how did you end, like at this point it does it even surprise you that some so-and-so reaches out and says i need one of your beats or are you still um, sending out like beat tapes not really i mean the beat the beat cd and stuff Obviously, we don't even have CDs no more, but people, even <laughs> another Missy thing, Missy is a person that years back, she stopped using her email as much because people get spammed and stuff so much that once yeah. I the iMessage thing really start cracking, you can send all that stuff right in there. A lot of people like, just send it to me, you know? Just send that joint to me and directly. So it's a little bit different with that. Um... But the Chris thing was huge for me because it was definitely a bucket list moment. I had other records with Chris that didn't make it, that didn't make mm-hmm. the cut. And in fact, the beat to this the closure record um, on the new Breezy album, that was supposed to have been on Indigo as a whole nother song. Oh, wow. So it shows me, though, that that beat was meant for him. Okay. <laughs> but... Yeah, it definitely was a buck. I mean, I've had four records that he's done that just didn't make the cut. Um, and this record kind of just happened. Honestly, well, once I got out here, I started to just be kind of a... a people think I, I can, you know, I move records pretty good, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm in that zone. But a lot of my records happen, and even some of my bigger ones... They all happen the same way. They just kind of happen. Okay. You know? So I always go back to Tricky told me this once. He said, don't focus on who you giving a track to, what artist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just focus on making the best record. It will always, he said, a best, a great hmm. record will always find a home. Period. And I always remember that. And so... Yeah, going back to that, it's not my view on that. Even when I would get placements, you know, because you would do records for someone and then it end up on somebody else. You know, really? it's like, yeah. 
they can do that? Well, what I mean by that is you'll make a record for uh, like let me let me think of something here. Uh, what can I use here? And why you think of that? Um, I want to say shout out to KT man, and I'm not sure who Monsi is, but shout out to you too. Oh, I don't even see Monsi. <laughs> Monsi, Monsi, yeah, they there. Monsi is a, a photographer. He is. A content creator he is a director he does a lot of stuff out here in cali mm-hmm. and um on a lot of artists um we worked on a lot of projects together and um i mean people want photo shoots all that the whole nine like he does all that stuff Child someone i met he also does um artwork graphics every like all that stuff yeah i can't afford you bro um however when i get to that space i'm I'm (laughs) hollering at you (laughs) that is funny man but yeah i'm trying to think of uh because it's it's records that okay ooh, perfect i did um i was doing a record for uh victor oladipo I'm over here charging my car. So. But, um, yeah, I did records for Victor Oladipo, and basically, Victor Oladipo was doing his project. And Wait a minute, does he um, rap or something? Yeah, he sings. Really? So, I did not know that. Uh-huh, so he's put out a project and everything. So, Victor Oladipo, I was doing pro- uh, records with, with um, I had writers coming in mm-hmm. to do that. And we were, we did a few records. Now, the record we did, one of them, ended up on uh, Jacquees. You know, another one ended up as uh, Jeremiah Wale. So, really? yeah, it's just it's just what happens sometimes. Is, but I but I I remember being back in Cleveland, and every time I made a beat. I recently told somebody this. I always had a appreciation of the unknown. You know, it always would, would intrigue me. I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. who is this beat going to go to? You know, I'm like, I know it's going to land somewhere. But who, I don't know. You know, I had um, I had several people do a record too. The, the one record that ended up on Fergie's album. And I actually did that with J.P., Mm-hmm. Did this one, who's from Cleveland? You might know him as Earl St. Clair too. But JP, me and him one day was working, and shout out to Donut because me and Donut was sitting with some guy from, he was from, uh, I don't know if he was from Arabia or something, but he basically was with one of our friends and came in with this. He was like, you guys should sample this. He played this sample, man. And I was playing it all cool. And Donut already knew. He was just kind of like, yo, this. I already knew. I could hear the beat done. Mm-hmm. I could hear the certain part of the <laughs> Oh, so he brought some shit with him. Well, he was just, he, he went to YouTube. And he was just like, ooh, y'all should sample things like this. Okay. Man, we went. So he, they didn't even get out the studio down the hall all the way. <laughs> I went back and pulled it up. Put it in there. We have so many people do that. Eric Bellinger, Buster Rhymes, all kind of stuff. 
but it ended up on Fergie. You know what I'm saying? And again, that's just the testimony to me and just proof to show to me, I feel like things find a home and, and, and the record lies where, where the record's supposed to lie, you know? You can't force anything, you know? All you can do is make a great record. And a lot of times, because of the fact, like say Beyonce or whoever, people who make songs that sound like Beyonce or if you're working on Rihanna or you're working with yeah. Trey, they don't want records that sound like them. Yeah, they don't want. They already sound like they sell. So when people usually people mess up when they try to mimic them, they're like, I "Already done this." You know what I'm saying? A lot of times they like stuff that's a little different. Yeah. Um, they're not so trying to repeat that, the last album. Yeah, that that's just some advice for people out there because I've learned that too. Like you know, people just want a great record. Think about so Rihanna's use- umbrella. Umbrella at the time sounded like nothing that she had ever done from that time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't sound yeah. they replayed. That don't sound like uh-huh. um, I don't want to be a murderer. That don't sound like uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? It don't sound like none of that stuff. I would so, have missed the boat on her too. Like if I was a record executive and she walked in, I would have missed the boat on her. Yeah. I just I just would have. Like it's some people that, that, that you, you, you hear and I'm like, Yeah, I know I would have signed that person if I was an executive. I probably would have passed right. on Rihanna and I would have been completely wrong. <laughs> she makes dope fucking know, music. But she doesn't it doesn't seem like she sounds good singing in front of you. Like it's not I won't say she sounds bad. It doesn't she's she's yeah. not Jennifer Holiday or Whitney Houston. But now, yeah, it's like Rihanna sound. You know what I'm saying? She was so unique. Nah, she's just a rock star, man. Exactly. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I thought she's beyond she's the like rock, a rock star. star. But, but, mm-hmm. I mean, she had more. She had more hit records than than a lot of people. You know, she's broken mad records. She's uh, a billionaire. Most number ones and stuff like that. You know. Man. Now she ain't even stressing music. They they trying to every time I turn around, it's a Rihanna camp out here going on, or they back on the project. But Rihanna, I think you know, she making so much money, she don't you know it's like, and she's so focused with doing the Fenty stuff right now. I don't think yeah. she and she also pregnant, you know. So it's like it's so much other stuff going on. I don't think wait 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 wait, wait. She, she pregnant have, again? No, she just where they recently. Have oh, revealed okay. that this year, but I'm just saying, you know, um, she she's a mother, you know, soon to be mother. It's, it's some, it's a lot going on, but I'm just saying, I don't think she really even stressed on dropping music. Yeah, I think I when think you have cares. dropped something classic or so many classics, uh, I was mentioning this to somebody the other day. It's almost better to stall people out when you you almost like Mayweather. It's like your impeccable record, mm-hmm. you can keep it. You know, if you slip yeah. up, you just ruined your record for no reason. You know, and that's like, all people are gonna talk about for the next decade. Yeah, that they. It's almost like you would just you'd have been better off just making people just still play and bump your last classic 
then it come out, put some half, half ass, and then it, and that, then it'll be like, man, she could have kept that. It's almost like a person saying, uh, damn, I shouldn't have wasted that body on this guy or this girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is because it, it doesn't mean anything. They're they not going to play it. You wasted yeah. that energy. Fact. You know? All right, and one so, more. Can yeah. we get a? Are we ever going to hear a Yanni and Jay Z record? I think oh, that man. would just be perfect. Uh shoot. I would have to say, I would hope so. You know, I would definitely hope so. It would be cool for the uh, for for all the Sagittarians out here. Do you actively you know? recruit like some like somebody like that? Do you go out your way and say, "Hey, let me get my people to send his people some shit." Well, yeah, but I've also been asked to 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 send stuff over before. Um, I just think the timing and stuff or whatever might not line up. And here's the thing: who knows? He might have did something to one of those and just never came out. It's a lot of records that you'll see if once you, you know, think about the ones that I do know about that I that I found out about, right? Right. But then, just the same breath, it's a lot of records that probably. A lot of producers or writers don't even know that somebody pulled up their beat. I mean, I work with a lot of artists now. Like, people send me tracks mm-hmm. for artists, and I press play. They may go in the booth. They may do something to it, and they may forget about it or sit on it or whatever the case be. But my point is, this person may not, you know, if it hasn't materialized yet, right? or even if it didn't, you would never even know they did that. You know? Yeah, I got you. So, who knows? But I, I, I have been, um, I've got asked to send stuff for him before. Um, my, my other bucket list, which is probably one of the top ones, is Beyonce, and 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 it's, she's probably close to Chris because I've had about three records that she's done that I really? know. Of. Yeah, that that haven't made the cut. Do, but do Almost you do you have them though? Album she, no, I wish it, that. I would actually be cool with that. You know, if I just had them and I could listen to them, whatever, I wouldn't care if they came out. You know. So what you saying? mean they don't even send them to you just out of a courtesy and no, say, "Hey, no." In fact, you know, really nowadays too, like if you get to work with me, you have to do uh, NDA and stuff like that. You can't even really be talking about. It. Wow, I, mean, I understand that part, but at least if you got an NDA, send me the shit so I can at least, you know. Nah, I guess the I guess the thought is is that somebody may break into your crib or somebody you know uh-huh. that ain't got the NDA may leak this shit. You know, like I get it, yep. but damn, I still want to. If I did beyond, come on, let me at least come to the house and listen. Right, but some of the people be actually um, they'll leak their own stuff just for you know clout and things like that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, it makes makes sense you know, so, in, in some cases. And they do that shit to be petty towards the, the studio. You know, like, it's, it's a, a, a plethora of reasons I can get. And shout out, I guess you got somebody else in here, too. J-Rock. Is it J-Rock or G-Rock? I'm J-Rock. Not sure. yeah. J-Rock. Yeah, he, he looked like it's J-Rock. Get it right, nigga. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this has been a, a complete honor, bro. This has been a privilege. And I also noticed, like, you don't do all that many interviews, man. So I, I feel special and shit. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. Go, you know. Yeah, I haven't, um, done, I haven't done a lot of interviews in a, in a while. 
The last one I saw, the most recent one I was able to pull up was six years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and that's where I got that that little clip from from uh, the Ohio uh, Hip Hop Awards. I want to say that was '06. Oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so wow. I, I, you know, and I didn't have. I try. I usually that's why I try to do them like a week in advance so I can kind of like like really dig into the person. And, right. and find every little nugget that I can, you know. Um, but yo, bruh, you've lived a fucking phenomenal ass life, man. And you are absolutely at the peak, the pinnacle of Cleveland for sure. Let alone the industry itself. You know, like like people may not know Yanni, but they know Yanni's work. Yeah, thank you, and it, man. I no, nigga, thank you. That's fucking dope, bro. Like, at some point, you got to look in the mirror and be like, man, I did this shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot. You got the yeah. car that drives itself. I, I forgot about that shit. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. Us, us poor yeah. people have to drive our, so, you know, I have to actually navigate <laughs> this shit. <laughs> I, mean, I, I be forgetting a lot of times people be reminded. You know, you because I be looking, trying to grab something. They be like, dude, don't you know you can? Yeah, you, I see right? one video. You was just like, ah, 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 ah. I'm like, my man's gonna crash. And there was somebody in the comments was like, oh, you're showing off with your car driving itself again. Like, oh, okay. Oh that, yeah, that, yeah, yep. that, that's it. Yeah, I'm not yeah, in that Tesla tax bracket. Was one of my, um, one of my uh, dream. It was one of my dream cars for sure. It was another one. Um, you deserve it, bro. Thank Yo. And if there's, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if there's ever possibly anything I can do for you, but if there is, man, please don't hesitate, man. You got my number, reach out and, and let me know. For sure, man. You know, um, for sure, thank for you. Sure. And, and oh, before I go, if nobody has told you today, man, I'm proud of you, bro. Thank you. No doubt, man. And shout out to everybody that tapped in. Uh, I'll post a clip uh, and do me a favor, share the clip. Y'all have okay, a good one, man. For sure. Oh, no right, doubt, man. man. On that note, man, peace, man. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Yep. And, and and I'm listening for the Jay-Z one. And Beyonce, right, you. you out there. Come on, man. Let us hear right. one of them fucking songs. Please. Right. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good one. We out. All right, man. Yep. Yo, that's fucking, yo. Look, what you do gets you on the show. But it's your story that makes you stand out, man. Yanni's fucking phenomenal and, and and humble as they come and has an even better story, man. So shout out to him, man. And 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 I beg of you, Beyonce. Come on, man. It's three songs. One. Just let us hear one. Come on. Anyway, on that note. Oh, on that note. On that note, I'm out of here, man. Um, oh, and don't forget at seven o'clock tonight, um, I got Michael J. Payton, the director of the Murder, Inc. documentary that is currently playing on BET uh, every Tuesday, I guess, for the next four weeks, five weeks. The first episode was off the hook, and the whole world is talking about Irv Gotti. So we're going to tap into that tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, shout out to the Nerve DJs. I will be on NerveDJsRadio.com at 7 p.m. Shout out to DJ Johnny O, um, Shiny Sean, Big Hef, the whole team. Um, peace out. Y'all have a good one.